The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Buzz Burbank, news and comment. Friday, July 29th, 2016. From the one-man worldwide newsroom, this is free and independent news. Made possible when you shop back to school through the Amazon links at buzzburbank.com. Hillary Clinton says a man so easily baited on Twitter should not have his finger on the button to launch America's nuclear weapons. In her speech last night, accepting the Democratic nomination as the nation's first female candidate for president, Clinton attacked Trump's claim in his speech a week ago that, quote, I alone will fix our problems. That, said Clinton, is a red flag and shows his disregard for our troops, cops, firefighters, medical workers, and small business owners. Quoting her, he's forgetting every last one of us, adding, Americans don't say I alone will fix it, we say we'll fix it together. But Clinton didn't just lay into Trump, she talked about what she plans to do, in considerable detail. Giving credit to Bernie Sanders, Clinton promised to fight unfair trade deals, make college tuition-free for the middle class, and to get the money out of politics by choosing Supreme Court justices who reverse the court's Citizens United decision. But Clinton never took her sights off Donald Trump, citing Trump's exploitation of fear over crime, immigrants, and terrorism, and channeling President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, she declared, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Candidate for president now says he wasn't serious when he directly invited Russia to hack Hillary Clinton's emails to sway an American election. As if this is somehow better, Donald Trump says he was just being sarcastic, something you wouldn't find in a presidential handbook, but typical of the kind of loose cannon remarks we've heard from Trump. Trump says Democrats, with the media in cahoots, are focusing on that invitation to distract from the DNC email leak that threatened to divide the party at the start of this week's convention. But it was Trump who drew attention away from that controversy with his shocking invitation. Trump now wants to put the focus back on those emails, even though the Democratic Party seemed to mostly reunite in spite of them, especially now that party head Debbie Wasserman Schultz is out of the picture. It wasn't the Democrats' finest hour, to be sure, but it hasn't had the impact Republicans hoped, mostly thanks to another outrageous comment by Donald Trump. Although they won't be convicted of any crimes, the six Baltimore police officers handling Freddie Gray when he got the injuries that caused his death are not entirely off the hook. For one thing, they're all on desk duty and will stay off the streets at least until the internal affairs reviews are over, maybe longer. Two county sheriff's departments are investigating the officers' actions and conduct, specifically whether they broke any department policies. So besides being off the streets, they remain under investigation, complete with testimony from civilian witnesses. That could go on for months, and at least some of the officers could still be disciplined or even fired. Baltimore area police know they have their work cut out as they now try to rebuild the public's trust. And no matter what the outcomes of those investigations, even without criminal convictions, each of the officers will always be one of the six accused in the death of Freddie Gray. What's it going to take to eliminate cases like those of Freddie Gray, Philandro Castile, and so many others? A new survey shows most of us believe society has to change, that there must be changes in policing techniques, but also changes within the African-American community. The survey shows that we as a people don't believe there's a single fix, but instead a range of approaches to address the growing gap between black and blue. At the top of that list is communication, followed by better police community relations work and by better police training, 
along with a campaign to convince people of color that cops are not necessarily their enemies. The most delightful finding in this Gallup poll is that a majority of Americans are optimistic that racial tension will ease in sharp contrast to the fear that played out at the Republican convention. That optimism came from both Democratic and Republican voters in this survey. This we seem to agree on, even if the two voter groups tend to disagree on which area needs the most reform. Despite the national blood shortage reported here yesterday, the federal government is now asking blood banks in South Florida to stop taking donations and to not resume until they have a way to test for the Zika virus. Hopefully that won't be long. The FDA is approving a new blood test for Zika today. That's because there are now four cases of Zika in South Florida that were apparently locally transmitted, likely from mosquito bites. Two more cases are now being investigated, bringing the total to four, all of them in Miami, Dade, and Broward counties. It brings to over 1,400 the number of known cases of the Zika virus in the U.S., the bulk of them brought here from Brazil and other Latin American countries, as well as from the Caribbean. Fourteen of the cases were sexually transmitted. Zika can cause paralysis in some adults and devastating birth defects in newborns, but 80% of the people who become infected suffer no symptoms at all. After ISIS-inspired militants slit the throat of a Catholic priest in France this week, Pope Francis admitted the world is at war. But he says the war is not a religious war, but instead a war over political power and resources, including money. Beleaguered by a rash of terror attacks in his country, French President Francois Hollande invited religious leaders in to talk about the attacks by Islamic jihadists. The world is at war, said Francis in that meeting, adding, we don't need to be afraid to say this. But religions, he said, don't want war. The Pope then flew to Poland, where the borders have been sealed to stop the flow of immigrants fleeing ISIS. The Pope asked the frightened people there for more, quote, wisdom and compassion in order to overcome fear. Francis also called for a spirit of readiness to welcome those fleeing from war and hunger and solidarity with those deprived of basic human rights, including their right to religion. The two men who pledged allegiance to ISIS before killing that French priest were later killed themselves by police. If the U.S. hopes to keep launching successful airstrikes against ISIS, it needs to hang on to its runways in Turkey, no matter how galling Turkey's president can be. Turkish President Recep Erdogan seems to stand for everything America does not. This week, following a recent attempt at overthrowing him and his government, Erdogan shut down 45 newspapers, 16 TV news channels, nearly two dozen radio stations, 15 magazines, and three newswire services. Erdogan has reportedly closed 130 news outlets in all because he believes some in Turkey's media were part of that failed coup attempt. Arrest warrants are out for dozens of past and present journalists. Erdogan's had similar suspicions and carried out similar purges within his government and in the Turkish military. 1,700 military officers have been fired following the attempted coup, and hundreds of them were also arrested. In this country, Donald Trump has insulted reporters, ordered them to shut up, and threatened to make it easier for public figures like himself to sue news outlets that report negatively about them. An American rocket lifted off from Cape Canaveral, Florida yesterday, and we can only guess what's on board. The guessing gets a little easier now that we know the payload was supplied by a government agency you might not have even heard of, the National Reconnaissance Office. 
The nature of that payload is top secret, but the people who watch these things closely speculate it's a new communication satellite to give future spy satellites a way to relay their pictures back to the U.S. The Atlas V rocket headed southwest into the atmosphere, where it now orbits the Earth at 22,000 miles up. President Obama is still pushing forward in his final months in office. Now, he's asking the government student loan companies to focus less on strong-arm collections and more on helping borrowers manage their student loan debts. Through the Department of Education, Mr. Obama is asking loan services Nelnet and Navient to provide better customer service and to focus on what's fair in terms of paying off those debts. In the future, the government student loan companies would have to offer alternatives before demanding payment. They'd be required to keep their eyes peeled for borrowers who are at risk of default and, again, telling them their options. They'd be required to train teams of counselors to provide immediate help for the most desperate cases. The new rules would also punish companies that don't follow the new rules. Now in its fourth year with over 3 million downloads, this is Buzz Burbank News and Comment on the Realm Network. If you're already shopping for back to school or off to college, Amazon is ready for you. Right now, find deals on everything from approved homeschooling curriculum to required public school items and everything a college student needs. In the back-to-school department, just enter your zip code and Amazon will tell you what you need in your district, whether you're a student or a teacher. There, you'll find Amazon's picks for the best items and the best deals from kindergarten to college. Amazon also has new and used textbooks. Save big on textbooks by going to Amazon first. You'll also find Kindles and Amazon's Fire Tablet now on sale for as little as $49.99. And don't forget Amazon Student Prime, which carries most of the benefits of Prime at a price a student can afford. Whether it's a classroom, a church, or an office, ordering regularly through the Amazon link at buzzburbank.com sustains this free daily newscast. And no, summer's not over yet. You'll also still find deals on everything from lawnmowers to beach balls to hammocks and pool supplies. But please use my link at buzzburbank.com. The Centers for Disease Control says teenage drivers need to be off the roads after dark. 49 of our 50 states already restrict teen driving at night to some degree, but nearly half our states, 23, only ban teen driving after midnight. Unfortunately, most deadly car crashes involving teens happen before midnight. 60% of teen traffic deaths happen between 9 p.m. and midnight. CDC is asking state lawmakers to get teen drivers off the road by sundown. The government doctors say exceptions could be made for teens who need to get home from work or extracurricular activities, but they say it would help if parents went along for the ride. Pop culture passings and passages. One of our favorite cartoonists has died. Jack Davis, whose colorful and energetic drawings entertained us for 40 years on the pages of Mad Magazine, has died at the age of 91. Part of the original Usual Gang of Idiots, Davis's work was in Mad's very first issue and nearly every issue that followed it for 40 years. His co-workers say Davis revolutionized comic illustration. And quoting Mad editor John Ficarra, there is not a humorous illustrator in the past 50 years who hasn't been influenced by him. The last Mad cover drawn by Davis had mascot Alfred E. Newman using a plunger to stuff Howard Stern down a toilet. And one of the stars of the iconic TV show Babylon 5 has died, mysteriously, at age 60. We don't yet know what killed Jerry Doyle, who played Chief Warrant Officer Michael Garibaldi. Doyle also had roles on 90210 and NYPD Blue. 
And now that HBO has taken some control of Sesame Street and shortened it to a half hour, Bob has been fired. So have Luis and Gordon. Bob McGrath had been with the show since 1969. As Bob, Emilio Delgado played Luis, he's gone, and so is Roscoe Orman, who played Gordon for decades. The woman who plays Gordon's wife, Susan, gets to stay. Otherwise, all of the original cast members are out now, with only younger cast members left behind. Sesame Street will still appear on PBS where it began, but only after it's already aired first on HBO. Chief of the Lakota tribe of Native Americans, David Beautiful Bald Eagle, has died at the age of 91. Most of us know him from his role in the Kevin Costner movie, Dances with Wolves, but he was so much more. Born in a teepee in 1919 in South Dakota, he would, at age 17, trade in his horse for a motorcycle to deliver messages for the U.S. Army's 4th Cavalry. After years of service, he re-enlisted in the 82nd Airborne when he heard the Japanese had attacked Pearl Harbor. He parachuted into Normandy and was left for dead by German soldiers. His brush with death led him to a daredevil life in which he took up skydiving, raced cars, competed in rodeos, and worked as a Hollywood stunt double. That led him to acting. But somewhere in all of that, Chief David Beautiful Bald Eagle became a family man and a campaigner against prejudice and discrimination. Does doing a good thing while doing a bad thing cancel out the bad thing? It's a question we can ponder as we hear the tale of some Chicago thieves who busted into a truck and stole a laptop computer inside. Thanks to the surveillance video, we now know the four men broke into that car about 20 minutes after its owner had parked it. And we know the owner returned 40 minutes after that to discover the theft. But the owner of the truck and the laptop may be in trouble too, since he had left his dog in that car for 20 minutes with no ventilation on an 80-degree day. On an 80-degree day, the temperature in a closed vehicle can rise 45 degrees in about 45 minutes, putting the interior temperature at about 125. The thieves are in a way heroes, because they may very well have saved that dog's life. And finally, as undercover operations go, there wasn't a lot of cover. In Sweden, an off-duty police officer was sunbathing in a park when she spotted a man she suspected of picking pockets. When her suspicions were confirmed, she got up from her blanket and ran after the man for a short distance and tackled him to the ground while wearing her bikini. She called in what we call plainclothes officers to make the arrest official. You may be asking, what's so funny about a female Swedish cop in a bikini running and tackling a man to the ground? The answer is absolutely nothing. I'm Buzz Burbank. Have a great weekend. And thanks for supporting the shows and sponsors at buzzburbank.com. I'll be back Monday with another Buzz Burbank Eats and Comments. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network.